Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for what it means to be saved and um, rescued from the world by Jesus. What a difference he's made in our lives. And we are so grateful to you that you'd be willing to come from your comfortable, powerful position that's infinite and without any barriers to be bound also that we could have a relationship with you. God, we're so grateful for your love. We're so grateful for the mercy and patience that you show up to us. God, we're also grateful for the vision that you give us. You've put your Holy Spirit within each and every one of us with a purpose of us being more and more like you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the family that we get to have, that we get to be with, the community, the bond is priceless. I know that as someone said, it's true that in many churches, people have learned how to have a connection within the church and across a few races. There is nothing like across our churches having the bonds that we have. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you for Jesus and his blood connecting each and every one of us. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. And I pray that even today, right now, that you would help me to be filled with your spirit, God. I know I put things on paper, but you know what this group, um, women and my sisters need to hear to really grow and be all that you desired and planned for them. God, we love you. We're so grateful for Jesus dying on the cross and resurrecting so that we can have a relationship with you. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. 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 So this class is on, okay, spiritual, what is it? Intentional <laughs> spiritual growth. <laughs> I'm going to get it together. I'm not going to spend my minutes like it's a reunion. But I do feel that. If anybody needs some tissue? This is actually not supposed to be a crying class anymore. <laughs> but yes. Amen. Big, big, huge kisses. Welcome to Intentional Spiritual Growth. Um, I do believe we live in a time that we need to be intentional. We have a lot of books that are out there written talking about living on purpose. I remember one year that was my little uh, signature to live on purpose. Uh, and yet we it's kind of in between this desire for authenticity and being organic. And so it can be hard sometimes. You're like, oh, but I'm trying to be authentic. Then, like, planning it doesn't seem like it would really lend itself to that authenticity and that organic life that we all desire. I know I do. However, I'm fully aware that the worries of this life and the many, many distractions from Candy Crush to my daughter wanting to play some card game to dinner to needing to work out to yeah you name it and even keeping up with my friends like all of those things it's just whether it's it's not necessarily a distraction but it's just tons of rocks that I think about wanting to fit in the jar if you ever heard of the example of man you put in the big rocks I'm like but I got a lot of big rocks <laughs> And then the little ones, oh my goodness, they need to fit in there too. Can I just get a bigger jar? <laughs> but with all of that and all that we've been given by God, I really do believe that he has this plan for us to grow. And if we're going to do that, we probably need to do it with some intentionality. Most things that grow, we don't just think, even organic things don't grow organically. <laughs> You've got to set out. 
You know, God has a plan for each and every one of us to grow. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it's one of my favorite scriptures lately. To be reminded and thought about. In, um, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You know, sisters, it's God's plan for us to grow. He, want, he is working in you whether you like it or not. If you have the Holy Spirit, to be like Jesus. It's his plan. So much so that he would send himself to live in you. So that you would actually grow into the woman that he desires for you. I love Philippians 2.13. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. You know, God will give you the desire to be that loving person, that kind person, that spiritual and godly wife, sister, friend, all of that. God will give you the will, the desire, and the ability to act. How? By spirit that lives in you. I'm so grateful that even as we think about being intentional, it's not about your effort so much as, as it is about you recognizing what God is doing in your life and kind of going with the spirit that lives in each and every one of us intentionally doing some things to really give the Holy Spirit access to you. That's what we're going to be talking about today a little bit. The purpose of our spiritual maturity is Christ-likeness, and it happens through faith. Why do I say that? Because we've got to believe that the Holy Spirit that lives in us is working. That's our faith. That the Holy Spirit can actually get you and enable you to be all that God desires for you to be. As you think about growing, think, man, I don't know about you, but I'm like, man, I can just be proud. And it's true, it was my first, I think it was the second study they did with me. <laughs> I was voted class know-it-all. <laughs> Give you some perspective. And so... I can approach being a Christian like, man, am I ever going to overcome this? Absolutely. Because it's God's desire for me to be humble. And the Holy Spirit that lives in me believes that, you know what, she actually can. I actually remember the Holy Spirit humbling me that I would pray, God, help me to be humble enough to ask them to study the Bible with me again. This is even before, I, this is the Spirit on me. Think about the power of the Spirit in me Amen. and what he can do. He absolutely has a plan for each and every one of us. He's working on our behalf. Being intentional is just simply one spiritual practice that we can use to create the conditions in which spiritual transformation takes place. As we think about developing and maintaining a certain rhythm in our spiritual practices, it keeps us open and available to God. This is fundamentally what spiritual transformation is all about. Choosing a way of life that opens us up to the presence of God. That we become keenly aware that, man, I'm walking in the Spirit. The Bible says the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. You have the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you are love, joy, peace, patience. All of those things, it's yours. Do you believe it? Do you live like it? I know one of the things where I start is in my prayer life. God, I don't. 
I actually feel like I'm, I don't know how I'm going to be more loving. <laughs> Help me to overcome my unbelief. I know that the fruit, the product of what it is and who he is that lives in me is love. I can be that. I love that Paul puts in this position, he, he explains even when he talks about this spiritual growth in Colossians 1, 28 and 29, he says, we proclaim Christ, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom to present everyone perfect in Christ. It's Paul's deepest desire that those that he's been entrusted with are presented perfect in Christ. Epaphras in Colossians 4, 12 is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. These are two men that are, are dying just to see the people in their lives mature. That they actually experience this spiritual growth that God has already planned for them. And I'm thinking, man, if somebody else is praying that for me, how much more should I pray that for myself? Man, that I actually stand firm and that I actually am mature and fully assured in Christ. The reason why I really do believe that we need to be intentional is because we do have someone who is opposing us. Whether you like it or not, we are in a spiritual war. The Bible says it, and we see it. I oftentimes tell people, I'm like, we don't just automatically, and it's not auto, autopilot, that we're like, you know what, girl, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to be spiritual. <laughs> That's not true. We think about it with our kids. We're like, no, we're going to just let them figure it out. Hey, listen, newsflash, the world is telling our kids what they should be and do and believe. And they aren't just telling our kids. They're telling us what we should do, believe, value, and live by. And so if we aren't intentional in our mindset of, you know what, I've got to be in the presence of God. I'm not going to intentionally grow into the woman God has planned for me. That the Spirit longs to be for each and every one of us. In 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, it says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to de devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. In 2 Peter 1 through um, uh, one, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11, it says that we have this opportunity to participate in the divine nature and do what? Escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We have escaped, but we need to stay in the presence of God. I oftentimes, if you're with me, I'll say, we live in Babylon. In a place that's hostile toward our God, who doesn't believe in him or wants him to be like the other, all other gods. He is the God of gods and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is no one else besides him. Do we believe that? We keep getting all kinds of television alerts from our friends in these books that there is something else besides Jesus. We've got to be intentional if we're going to grow. We're in a spiritual war. Ephesians 6 warns us about the cunning and deceitful schemes. I really do believe that's why we need to be intentional. And then there's Jesus who gives this amazing parable about why it is or what it is that we should be doing. In the, while, while we still wait for him. And this is where we're going to be in Matthew 25. 
And I should apologize. I feel bad. Not all the classes even got the our, the AV stuff. And oh. this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it. Just need more. I can't. By the, I'll be behind <laughs> with the flicker. But I know there's some visual learners in here. And so if you needed to get those scriptures or something, you can get some of my notes. I promise I'll be here. But, and so I do apologize for the visual learners. But my, yeah. I always say, I'm okay saying, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm an old lady. <laughs> my father still won't get that phone. He's like, what? The answering machine is just fine. <laughs> but we're going to be in Matthew. 25. You know, we've been entrusted. As I said, it's God, God's plan for us to grow. And Jesus resurrected and he's coming back. What should we do in the meantime? How should we live in the meantime? Matthew 25, 14. It says again, it'll be like a man going on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them, to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew you were a hard man. Harvesting where you had not sown and gathered where, gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where, the, where I had not sown or gathered where I had not scattered seed. Well then, you should put your money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, there is a plan for in God's mind that we don't just sit here trying to hold on tight until Jesus comes back. That this parable actually falls in between two other parables. It's the parable of the ten virgins. Again, they're waiting for the bridegroom to come. And he says, being prepared. And then there's the sheep and the goat. The parable. And all of this is about what the kingdom of God is like. All three were told by Jesus to talk about how we're to be spiritually vigilant so we are prepared for his return. Some of the points that we take away from this parable in particular in 25 about either the bags of gold or the talents, depending on which NIV version you have or ESV or whatever. But either way, God has given us something. He's given us something. I like to believe that I've been entrusted just like these guys. It's like I've been entrusted with something. 
The thing that I love is God gives us talents and he expects us to make good use of what we've been given. There are talents that we've been born with, the talents that we developed as we grew up, right? There's just our circumstances cause us to actually have some things that we may or may not want. Oftentimes, even with our kids, we're like, we just want them to have grit. Well, they can't even catch the school bus. <laughs> but most of us, if you're in the Gen X and above, you were latchkey kids. You had to figure it out. Yeah. That, that was just a free gift from your parents, not from God. <laughs> in terms of your ability to persevere and make something happen and all of that, right? You know, he gives us these gifts. He gives us our relationship with him. He gives us these talents. Why? It's so that we would invest them. That we would make good for those things. I do love that we see even here that we have different talents, different amounts of things. And yet, for the five and the two, the response is the same when they both do the same thing with what they've been given. So we, he says, please don't compare yourself to each other. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter. Same response. The other point that we, we can look at here is that we, we'll have to give an account. What'd you do? And I believe even as we look, God has given us what we need to produce. Reproduce what we've been given. We know that using our talents means taking risks. And when I say talents, I'm just saying, again, if you can hear whatever it is you believe God has given you. Let's look at the heart of why the different responses to the master's actions and expectations. What are the differences in how each person treated what God had entrusted to them? You know, when we look in verse 20, it says, the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. There was a sense of honor of being chosen. You entrusted me. You know, think about it. When you're asking, I, there's asking someone to watch your kids, something that's precious to you, man, that person feels entrusted. Or, dang, why you ask me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but you do feel like, I know this brother just expressed this to me. He was like, wow, you would trust me with picking up your son? I'm like, well, just <laughs> but he felt that. Like, wow, you're entrusting me with this. I know that they mean the world to you. And so I knew when he said that, like, he would just, he would, that meant a lot in terms of how he was going to treat, you know, picking up my son. Amen. Likewise, that's what we see with this, with the servants here. That, you know what? I'm entrusted. I've been chosen, given this responsibility of managing five and two talents. What made the first two servants take the risk they did to increase their servants' wealth? I mean, their master's wealth. You know, we can get a hint about this in terms of how they felt and looking at the reaction of the third servant. It says that with the third um, servant, if we look down... He says, when he brought in 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. It's true. Our view of God makes a huge difference in how we take risks. The other two, they're like, oh my goodness, I've been entrusted by the king. The third one, 
your heart. Even knowing his power. He says, you get things and you do nothing. But there wasn't this sense of fear. You know, you think, man, at least. God's like, even if you knew that about me then, you should act. Even if you know my power. But then in 25 says, I was afraid and went out and hid your money. Fear has us bearing our talents. A view of God that isn't true. He's a hard man. Instead of he's good, he loves you. He's with you. He's put his spirit in you. And so he absolutely is going to help you to grow. When you think about being entrusted, you know, how do you view that? Even thinking about, is it a burden to you? Think about this, if there are parents in the room. Is it a burden to you to be a Christian such that you don't want to put it on your kids? Think about it. Oh, it's too hard. Let me let them live their lives. Because it's too hard. You may not think it, but think about what you do. And sitting back. You've been entrusted with such a treasure. Do you want to pass it on to others? Or is it a burden to be a Christian? It's too hard. I mean, all the things you have to give up. Oh my goodness. The list for what it is that you get. And being in Christ, it just pales. I mean, it, it, for what what you might need to do, I don't know. Go to church on Sunday. <laughs> read your Bible. Oh, my goodness. We get to know the king. Amen. We get to walk with him. I think about even what we get to have as Christians, we have the gift of forgiveness. Yes. The Bible says we can forgive because we know forgiveness. Yeah. That's a gift from God. Amen. How many people do you know that cannot? Because they don't have the spirit that lives in them. Even if they want to. Yeah. How many people do you know that it's like even when they want to can't do right. Because they don't have the spirit that lives in them. Yeah. What a gift wow. that Amen. we've been given and entrusted with. Amen. And that we can absolutely, it affects how we are as mothers, as wives, as daughters, as friends, as leaders, as employees in our company. Our walk with God. We've been entrusted with the creation of the world. We do, you do know that, right? Genesis 1. We've been entrusted. What do we do with our, our gifts and our talents? The life I was thinking, just the life that you've been given, what do you do with it? Do you use the talents that you've been entrusted with based on this true knowledge of God, that he's good? Romans 8, 28. They, that he has given you everything you need for life and godliness. 2 Peter 1 through 3. You know, as we look at the two, the I should say the three, but the two in the sense that the two of them did the same thing and they had the same response. That the third servant was afraid of losing what he'd been given. He failed to do anything with his talent, his bags of gold. His view of his master was that he was hard and uncompromising. He reaped where he didn't sow and gathered where he scattered no seed. You know, we serve a God who's sovereign and in control. And he, too, has the ability to, to sow and reap where he has not sown. He, the third servant feared the master, and that fear paralyzed him. Love takes risks. We know that. It says that perfect love drives out fear. These, the first two, they knew that their master was loving. 
that they saw giving them something was a choosing. It was an act of his love. It's vulnerable to say, here's my stuff. Do something. I think about that. When you think, man, God sees the lostness of the world. And he aches over it. And he's entrusted that message with us. That we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. He's like, I'm going to put it in your hands. Whether people know me or not. With the um, first two that had the five um, talents, his master had entrusted me. He says, you've entrusted me with five here or five more. You can read into this his pleasure in having such a good report to deliver. Right? It's like, man, I can't wait to tell you. You know, as you think about your life, and you think about, man, why... Why be intentional and spiritually growing? It's because one day Jesus is coming back and we're going to get to meet him. He's like, man, I pursued all that you desired for my life. All that you had planned for me. You know, I want it to, to be. You said that the, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy. I want it to have that. You said that, man, as as um, that I was the light of the world. Man, I, I want it to be that. And I live here. And now that I've set the stage for the why, <laughs> that we've been entrusted, hopefully you feel like, yeah, I do want to get after this. Yeah. It is my personality. I always say that to people, I'm actually not, I'm shifting just so you guys know. I'm not super disciplined. And if you know me, my friend Deb's here. She's like, oh, yeah. It's just true. If you know me, my friend Sharon. I have people who are like, oh, she's like really organized. So I have to be really intentional because it's not natural at all. And so some of the things that I might share with you in terms of what I do, it may overwhelm you. And so I'm saying these things, and you can figure out what's best for you. You know, what it, how do you get inspired? What kind of things that you set yourself up for to really be able to get after? Now, all of this stuff, I, I did want to do that lesson because it is the Holy Spirit. But when we start thinking about some intentional things, it's just a tool to really, again, give the Holy Spirit access to you. So even as you think about spiritual disciplines, Spiritual disciplines in and of themselves don't really change you. We know this in the Old Testament. We see God saying, man, you did all of these things. You've worshipped me. You've praised me. And yet your heart was so far from me. And so we've got to be sure that why it is that we would want to go after our prayer life isn't so that we can say, man, I'm the prayer warrior. But boy, not as I've prayed more, I've given the Holy Spirit more access to me that as he's led me down this path to be whatever, I've watched it happen. Don't you love it when you can tell a story and you know it was all about God? Yeah. Not like fake, where you're like, I got to inject God right here. But you're like, I don't even know how to happen. Boy, let me just tell you. It's true. That's why we love the Bible. We hear about miracles. Yeah. And we're like, oh, wow. God still wants miracles. Yes, he does. And I bet if you tell me your story, I'll hear the miracles of God. I know as I share mine, I'm like, man, I'm a miracle. Yeah. I, I think about my marriage. I'm like, what a miracle. <laughs> what a miracle. I'm like, I don't even know. And so even as you think about, man, these spiritual, again, what I'm going to have you think about is you can think about it from the perspective of either being entrusted with certain roles in your life, you know, perhaps as a teacher, 
as a doctor, as whatever you do in your profession, and you think, man, what would Jesus want me to be like in these ways? What is God doing to transform me into the likeness of Christ, perhaps as a, as a wife, as a mother, as a sister? I know some of us live with, I, I live with my two sisters, so you think, okay, what is it that God wants me to do as a friend? Again, in whatever profession you have, I know I have to think about and be delivered about just even Ayana. <laughs> okay, what is it that God wants me to do for her? Because, well, anyway. <laughs> I've, been, that's, I've been way off on Ayana. But, but just thinking about as a roommate, that would have been good for me. I was like a terrible roommate. I was committed to like Monday dinners. And then, man, they'd be like, I never see you. <laughs> but I'm here on Monday. <laughs> and we used to pray every morning together. But, um, and so that's what, yeah, anyway. Even as, these are things that I think about too for myself that I would have, for me, having to have some intentionality. That God has given me this temple and so even as a responsible eater or healthy, all of those things, why do I say that? It's because you want to look through it from a godly lens. Not just from a worldly, I want to look a certain way or whatever. Um, perhaps you want to look at it from a spiritual discipline. All of, what do you want to grow in? How do you want to grow? And so perhaps it is through a spiritual discipline like prayer, like scripture reading, like scripture memory, like fasting, meditation, even just being able to practice the presence of God, which a lot of that is like discipleship, being sanctified, repentance, confession, one another, um, relationship kind of thing, evangelism. All of those are spiritual disciplines that you go, I actually want to be able to look back and see God really have this develop in me. What an awesome thing. And when you allow God to work in you, then you don't know actually how he's going to do it. Amen. Right? I remember um, one year I, was, I went after loving the truth. And it was really good for me. I, um, I was like, God, I just want to pray about it. I'm reading different things. All the stuff that really, again, give, give the Holy Spirit access to me. And so it's what I set up. What character thing you might want to grow in for the year. I don't know if you do that, but I do. And I said I wanted to love the truth. And, of course, somebody who, like, I just want to, I thought it was going to be that. But as I, as the Holy Spirit would lead me, it actually brought me to this place of vulnerability that I just never thought I would ever get to. For years, people are like, I just think, you just not vulnerable. I'm like, what do you mean? I tell you everything. I just told you what happened. What I don't understand. Yeah. And then I went after loving the truth, and the Spirit just took me deeper mm. in the moment. Thing in ways that I just didn't understand. In this past year, um, some of the things that I wanted to um, do, and, and this is one of the things that I'm going to encourage you, is, um, is to enlist a partner. Mm -hmm. You know, I trained for a marathon a long time ago, and um, for six months, nine of us met up once a week. And we started running three miles, and eventually, of course, we got up to 26. And it was just every Saturday, meeting together, training to run this race. How much more spiritually? Is it worth it? My new thing this year is, I know we're all busy, but we need to meet every week. If I'm trying to get after a spiritual discipline. So at the beginning of the year, this has been the year for me really going after 
my Bible study, and I wanted to do it in community. And so the first five months of the year, I, we read through the um, prophets in historical context. And the first group I did that with was with um, some of the campus um, interns that I'm working with. I felt like, okay, they, they have to listen. They've been trying to you know. <laughs> Okay, edit that out. I did ask them. But they feel compelled, right? Okay. Uh, I'm like, come on, you can do it with me. Let's do it every week, even if we have to miss some. Man, we still would meet a ton more than if we met. And so then in the summer, um, I wanted to read through the New Testament. And so I reached out to eight of the, seven of the other women in the church. And this was, this was actually a lot of, yeah, our married sisters. It's the summer, some of them stay home, one of my friends retired. And so God just worked it out, first of all, that we would actually have a day like at 9.30 to all be there. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so awesome. I didn't even know that it would happen that way, but it did. And we, I was, we just decided we're going to meet every week. We're going to come ready, talking about, hey, what stood out to you? What was confusing? What kind of questions did you have? And then do what it says. Let's put this into practice. Let's talk. Why? Because God created us for community. Yeah. Nobody else is trying to run a race or do anything without really getting help. But we, we do this spiritual thing all of a sudden, yeah. like by ourselves. Yeah. How inspiring it is to be able to sit around the table once a week and talk about the Bible. Yeah. It was just great. We just finished actually Thursday. And now I'm trying to think, well, okay, what's next? Why? I want to do it in community. Find your group to have some spiritual growth. There are people in this room in your church. Look and say, girl, I saw you in that class. Stop playing. <laughs> Let's figure out how to do this. Let's figure out how to do this. And if you're like me, okay, I'm, I, okay my life is spent trying to lose weight. It's always something. So I'm on the up. Or the down, however you want to define it. But <laughs> and I always find like the people who also are like always like this too. I'm like, man, I think I might need to do this differently. <laughs> so anyway, this fashion, like two years ago, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have my friend hold me accountable. And so even more recently, I haven't wanted to actually go to her to pray, to have some humility. Say, okay, I'm sorry. I know I just left you off to the side. You know, you're trying to help me. We need each other. We need the accountability. Oh my goodness. Let me just encourage you. I know we gotta go. Think about one thing. Think about one thing: a spiritual discipline, something in your character, whatever. Here's something that I do. I actually do my own calendar. <clears throat> And I do list all of my roles for myself. And within those roles, I do think about, I write down what it is that I'm going to do. So, I don't know. Um, so even I, the first thing is I'm God's daughter. And so as I think about, man, as God's daughter, what is it this week that I want to do to really actually get, again, give the Holy Spirit more access to me? What is it that you want me to do, God? And sometimes, again, he's already put it on my heart, so I'm reading the New Testament. You don't have to, he's not, he doesn't need to speak to you every day about everything. <laughs> when he gives you the vision, you can go ahead and do it. He's like, okay, I'll be back with her in a little bit. Because others of us out here that are requesting things. But I may put down, looking at my prayer life, I'm like, man, what do I need to be doing? But do I need a journal? Do I need to pray more? Do I need to have some? Man, I really want to be able to really be close to God. What is it in my prayer life that I may want to do? I write down things like, I'm Phil's wife. I know people might think it's crazy to be intentional, but I really want to, I'm going to teach a class in a minute, that the honeymoon doesn't have to end. If that's going to happen, I do need to put down, you know what, make sure you kiss your husband before you come in the house and uh, before you leave the house and when you come back. I know that sounds crazy and that should happen, but I, I can be pretty busy sometimes and I'm like, oh man, actually tell Phil I love him today before I left the house. Okay. 
But, it, but this keeps it on my heart. Am I showing affection to him? All of those things. I think about how I need to be a helper to him. And, and, and God, help me to know which ways that I can help him this week. I do write down as a mom, as an Ayana, because, yeah, as a women's ministry leader, homemaker, all of those things. I have to put down things like fold the clothes. Why? Because I hate that. That's like the man of my But the kids feel loved when they do that. I think the thing that I want to focus on for myself is prayer. Um, I, I look back at my life and I go, are you spirit-reliant or God-reliant or self-reliant? Those messages keep hitting me. And I'm like, I think the spirit is really trying to say something to you about your prayer life. And even I see things and I'm like, that's what I really want to go after. So for, for me now, I'm, I'm still praying what that would look like. But October to the end of the year, that's what I'm thinking. I really want to go after that spiritual discipline. And what I, what I would hope to see happen is, it's not just that it will affect my relationship with God, but even with, as a wife, as a mother, as myself, in the women's ministry. So all of these roles, I want to be able to then have prayer impact Amen. as I go after yeah. this Does that make sense? Yeah. Again, think one thing and think small steps. Let me just have you write these things down. And just think about this. In terms of your, you want to have some measurable, the smart, right? Specific, measurable, um, achievable, relevant, and time-bound, right? Goals. But think about what will I begin to notice that will tell me that I've deliberately pursued this specific thing. And again, this because I'm not super organized and disciplined, I do chunks. I do not do years. If you ask me, I don't read the Bible in a year. It doesn't work for me. You got to figure out what works for you. I read the Bible in 90 days. Why? Because by, after 90 days, I'm, I'm trying to do something else. <laughs> and so I know it's crazy, but I'm like, oh, man. I always I, I have something. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to self-diagnose myself, but I know it's something. <laughs> but I know that about me. I'm like, I'm doing this for the summer. And I'm doing this for the fall and this for, figure you out what it is that you need to do to really have some growth and evaluate it. Don't just say you're going to do something. Okay, I can always talk about this. Wait, listen, if you don't evaluate it and write it down, stop playing. You know that. It's just true. I know it. I can always relate to it. The other thing that to ask yourself is, do other people who know you well think that you've grown in this? This isn't so that somebody can put you down or compare, none of that. It's not competitive, but it is good to have someone really be honest. Yeah. Also, not just from a negative point of view. Sometimes we are we can't even be positive with ourselves. Yeah, no, I, don't, I can't even see any change. That's why you want your accountability partner. Oh, no, girl, you are. I can tell that you have become more gentle. Because you're trying to be all the way out here like Jesus in two months that you can't see the small changes that you're making. Right? You're like, I don't know. Right? We need help. Okay, so... Before we leave, this is what I want you to commit to. Write on your paper one thing, discipline, or just even an area, that, that again, that you've been entrusted with. I do believe I've been entrusted as a mother. That is not a give me for me. I don't think, oh, yeah, sure. No, I've been entrusted, and I feel honored by God, and so I may, it may be one of your roles. You, gotta, you have a job. Maybe you're like, man, I really want to be godly. I want the God's light to shine. Write one thing down. The other thing I want you to write down is who is going to be on your team? Who are you training with? And I really do want you to commit, honestly. I know this is hard, but really go after once a week. And I know it's hard. We have way too much technology. Sorry. Yeah. But for, for, for the reading... 
we found that we need to meet in person. It's, you, you, you don't know when to interrupt and all that other stuff. However, you can pray on the phone. If prayer is what you want to go after, you know we can do that. But there are things that you can do, webinars, all kinds of things that you can cre be creative and go, you know what, let's commit. The other thing, if you talk about let's commit, it's just an hour. Yeah. Or set some parameters yes. that you do. Why? For an hour and then for a time. Again, don't go all year. <laughs> go three months and evaluate it. But something you can commit to. And what a blessing to be able to see God move. The other thing, if you do, because I don't have time, if you want to think, I have several questions that you can kind of ask when you meet up together. I can't, I'm sorry, share it now. But I would like to be able to pass that on. My email address is either Ayana T, A-Y-H-A-N-N-A-T, at yahoo.com, whichever one you want to remember, or atbooker93 at gmail.com. Yeah, atbooker93, I didn't want people to know my age, so I put the year I was gra graduating from college. <laughs> <laughs> 93 at gmail.com. I know, right? So if you, like I said, if you are going to start your group and you're like, man, what, what kind of questions can we ask each other to really have those small steps evaluated and positive vision, focus forward. I'm really grateful for my friend who thinks like that and can help me and not have me feeling like I didn't do right. Let's end here because I know we have to go to another class. I'm really grateful that you came. I know you could have chosen many. I do happy, happy growth. I look forward to actually hearing your stories. Now that you have my email, please share like how God and the Holy Spirit worked in your life to really help you to grow in an area. I would love to hear that. Because this is actually like the third or fourth time I've talked. But amen. Thank you for coming. Woo!